0: It seems as if the Uyghur American Association has been terminated. As you can see here, UAA has not filed a Form 990 in many years or they marked in the form that they closed down. This document is from 2016. Why is the IRF summit associating with an entity that is terminated? Hello, welcome to another video. Today I want to start a short series of videos addressing the International Religion Freedom Summit that takes place each year. This year it will be hosted in Washington from January 31st until February 1st. The event has been organized in four sections. I'm going to start with the nine. The organizers claim uh, to focus on legal, justice and accountability aspects of freedom of religion. One case that will for sure be mentioned is the trial in Hong Kong of Cardinal Joseph Zen. His case will be used to claim a loss of religious freedom in Hong Kong at the hand of Beijing, and it will also be used to attack the national national security law in Hong Kong. What these speakers would not tell you is that Cardinal Zen broke the laws of Hong Kong. Cardinal Zen will face national security law charges later on this year, but for now, he has been found guilty of financial crimes that are indisputable. He failed to properly register his humanitarian uh, relief fund, which was used to help pay medical and legal fees for arrested protesters at the beginning of 2019. That is a charge that is unrelated to the national security law, and that is very clear. Now, onto the claims of uh, loss of religious freedom in Hong Kong, they will not tell you that Cardinal Sens himself Says that he hasn't seen any erosion of religious freedom in Hong Kong. As you see here, link is in the description uh, of this video. Now let us address another victim that uh, I'm sure will be mentioned again, Wang Yi. Wang Yi is the founding pastor of the early Rain Covenant Church, is a Calvinist house church in Chengdu. Wang was sentenced in 2019 to nine years in prison for operating his church. ...outside the legally allowed Chinese Protestant organization... ...and for illegal business operations which stem from printing of books about Christian culture. Let us be clear, both of these actions are crimes in China. There's no two interpretations about this. Much like the case of Cardinal Zen in Hong Kong, you will not hear this little part of the story. So a man of the clergy in Hong Kong committed a crime, and he will face justice for it. And a man in Chengdu operated a church outside the legally allowed parameters and is now facing justice for that. That's what's taking place here in China. However, do you think the summit will discuss the legal justice and accountability aspects of freedom of religion when it comes to pedophilia in the Catholic Church? Do you think they will discuss the strange legal case of the late Australian Cardinal George Pell? If you don't know about it, in 2018, Cardinal Pell became the highest-ranking Catholic official to be convicted of child sex abuse on five counts. One of those counts included oral penetration against two choir boys and St. Patrick's Cathedral in Melbourne, where they were witnesses. However, the sentence was overturned in April 2020. Why? How come? Or what about the case of the woman who disappeared at the Vatican? She was arrested at the Vatican, and one day she just disappeared. But because it's the Vatican, we know nothing about it, and we cannot demand an investigation. None of these cases will be discussed at the IRF summit or the thousands of allegations of pedophilia that riddle the churches through the world. They will discuss Cardinal Sen's paper-documented crime and his punishment, and you should wonder why that is. The organizers say that the summit will highlight the importance of journalism and gathering evidence. I mentioned the summit seems to have an anti-China agenda, and I have no doubt it does, when entities like Epoch Times and New Tang Dynasty, both Falun Gong-owned entities, are listed as partners in this event. What you won't hear is that in 2016 and 2017, this small, low-budget newspaper made Two drastic changes that transform it into one of the country's most powerful digital publishers today. What did they do and how did they do that? First, they embraced Donald Trump, who they saw as an ally in their Falun Gong's fight against China. And second, they employed a novelist strategy that involved creating dozens of Facebook pages, filling them with videos with clickbait titles that nurtured the racial bias inherent in a large percentage of Trump's voter base. To drive their point, of course, they both use white and Chinese faces like Minghui Wang's right here. She, of course, will be attending the summit again this year. When the IRF says that they care about gathering evidence, I wonder if they have ever come across any of the posts by the Epoch Times journalist and Falun Gong practitioner called Jennifer Zhang. Do the many honorable speakers and religious leaders from around the world who will speak at the IRF know, for example, that Jennifer Jen recently reported that according to their founder, their leader of the Falun Gong, Mr. Li Hongzhi, 400 million Chinese died from COVID since 2020. 400 million. That is more than the entire population of the United States. Let that sink for a second. But the best part of that reporting is that Zero sources are given. Zero data to support it. Nothing. That is Jennifer's way of reporting. Think hard about your affiliation with entities like Falun Gong and Epoch Times and New Tang Dynasty. These partners that the IRF Summit brings into the fold, Mr. and Mrs. IRF Summit, the speaker, will reflect on your own ministry and the work that you do through this video I've talked about indirectly. how there is freedom to practice religions. There are religions in China. I could show you videos and photos of churches and mosques and congregations and people practicing their religions. I had a collection of photos of churches in China on my Twitter account, but since then it's been permanently suspended. So, yes, you can practice your religion in China. However, there are high levels of government and societal restrictions on religion. The IRF members most likely adhere to the premise that humans come from religion, from a god. This is why, in most cases, cover is provided from justice, since many religions profess that there is an infallibility to their ministers on earth. On the other hand, there is a premise that religion is a human creation, as such, humans are responsible and allowed to regulate this religion and its effects on society. I would like to leave you a moment to determine for yourselves where you stand on this important difference because it really explains the gulf between religion freedom in the West and in China. That first approach that humans are subservient to religion leads to abuses inside churches such as those televangelists who preach the prosperity gospel and get rich from it or, or healing through faith. And as I mentioned before… Uh, They provide cover for actual crimes that take place inside churches. If you do not know what I'm talking about, you could search televangelists on YouTube and you'll see what level of dissonance can happen when this premise is followed. How much money did you pay for Tyler Perry's Gulfstream jet, for example? Well, for example, that's really none of your business, but... Isn't it the business of your donors? Listen, I paid... You kind of caught me off guard here, okay. Now, let us move on to China and the principle that religion is a human creation then. To prevent these abuses that I just mentioned, China regulates churches, period. Perhaps the most basic law is that religious leaders cannot spread anti-state messages or terrorist or violence or sedition messages from their pulpits. Harmony at the top of its priorities when it comes to protecting its people. Is that so bad? Is that an extreme? Isn't that actually desirable? Unfortunately, what the IRF Summit will likely highlight as lack of religious freedom is that basic difference. I have no doubt that they will focus on Xinjiang, it's Nuri Turkel, Roshan Abbas, the Uyghur American Association, the Uyghur Human Rights Project, and Campaign for Uyghurs. So, let's first remind every single attendee and a speaker at the IRF Summit of the following facts, documented by Western media, not Chinese, let that be clear. Number one, NED, the National Endowment for Democracy, is a CIA front. This article right here from the Washington Post proves it beyond doubt. In that article, Alan he is the architect of the organization, admits that NED does what the CIA did in the past, but with far less control from government in those countries where they operate. And number two, the same can be said of Radio Free Asia. This article from New York Times is irrefutable evidence. Now, with this in mind, who are some of these speakers? So let's start with Roshan Abbas and the Uyghur American Association. They are partners uh, of the IRF summit this year. Russian played a significant role in the establishment of the UAA. She went on to become UAA vice president and was the first Uyghur reporter to broadcast daily to the Uyghur region in 1998 against CIA Front. In 2004, the NED provided $75,000 to UAA. And this was the first time that the American government provided aid to a Uyghur exile group. Um, on that same year, with a supporting grant again from uh, NED, the UAA founded the Uyghur Human Rights Project, or UHRP, of which Nuri Turkel is chair. Nuri, of course, is another speaker at IRF Summit this year. The worst part of all this is how Russian Abbas actually backtracks on the truth. Watch this video where she says that she received money from NED and a minute later says she received no funding from NED. I know you've been asked before about this. Why do you take funding from the National Endowment for Democracy knowing uh, the brutality and the tens of millions killed, wounded, tortured or displaced at the hands of National Endowment for Democracy policies around the world? He started getting funding from October 2019. So the campaign for Uyghurs gets no funding from the National Endowment for Democracy at all? absolutely not. Here's another fact that few people have talked about, and perhaps a journalist or another panelist could ask the IRF summit organizers about it. It seems as if the Uyghur American Association has been terminated. As you can see here, UAA has not filed a Form 990 in many years, or they marked in the form that they closed down. This document is from 2016. Why is the IRF summit associating with an entity that is terminated? I would like to draw your attention to Imam Mohammed Akmahajid. He is a Sudanese-born American who went to the United States in 1980s. He is the executive um, director of the Old Dulles Area Muslim Society, known as ADAMS, and he was recently appointed to the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, or USCIRF, which Norito Kel currently leads. That's a Norwegian girl who received money from CIA via NED. You, you remember him, right? Okay, so when I looked at the funding sources of Adams, I discovered that this Imam had set up an Adams Endowment Fund Incorporation, a, a company that handles funding for Adams. When I looked at this fund's record, this is what I found. If we look at 2015, the fund has 164 thousand total revenue and 98 thousand dollars in contribution. 2016, 154 thousand with contributions uh, in total income and 60 thousand in contributions. However, when we look at 2017, we notice something out of the ordinary. Remember that 2017 was the year that Western media and government attacks on Xinjiang were ramped up. So that year, the Imam Fund received more than four millions in contributions. Again, I'm not a journalist, so Tsung-gung, please ask the Imam what this was about. And remember, the IRS in the USA is very relaxed when it comes to auditing churches. Of the 350,000 plus churches in the country, the IRS audited one in 2013 and two in 2014. So chances are that nobody has asked the Imam about this massive, out-of-ordinary contribution. And if you, Mr. and Mrs. Speaker at the IRF Summit, want to see this for yourself... The link is in the description below. Furthermore, do check 2018 back to normal levels of contributions. 2019, the same. So the question remains, what happened in 2017 with the IMAMS fund? So after proving to you that the CIA links to this organization and the speaker is real, it's time to address the next logical question. Why won't the IRF summit invite Dr. Ali Rashid Al-Nuami, chairman of the World Muslim Communities Council, or any of the other 30 Islamic leaders and scholars from 14 countries who visited Xinjiang early this month in 2023? And you should wonder why that is. Is there a problem with their messaging? Because Dr. Al-Nuami said in an interview that extremist forces have used religion to meet a separatist political agenda while spreading extremism and hatred. He's talking about Eten. Dr. Abdullah al-Obaid, the former Saudi minister of education, said that China has made huge and consistent efforts in eradicating violence, extremism, and terrorism, thus protecting other Muslims. Dr. Mustafa Sirik, the former mufti of Bosnia and Herzegovina, said that what he has heard outside of China surely has bias. He reminds us that Muslim communities in China include about 10 Muslim groups other than just Uyghurs. These religious leaders will never be invited to present their perspective at the IRF. Again, the question is...